Coming up on The Bridge, Raul Vora, co-founder and CEO of Superhuman, joins the show to talk about early days founding his company, Reportive, selling it to LinkedIn, and the insight that came from filtering every single one of his ideas through the lens of our most valuable asset, our time. We look at the gospel of product market fit, what we used at Disco in the early days, the superhuman product market fit engine, and Raul's method of quantifying whether or not you found PM fit. We touch on the importance of having both a vision-driven approach and a metrics-driven approach to building your company, how to balance those two things, as well as the lattice model of virality, that desire that we have to be more like our bosses, the importance of targeting the leadership layer within companies, and then how to unlock both vertical and horizontal virality to make your products stick. And then Raul gets a little vulnerable and talks about hiring missteps and at what point you can and should compromise on talent and the importance of making those trade-offs in the early days of founding your company, rounding it out with superhuman AI and rewriting the future of email. This is a incredibly packed episode and just so much respect for Raul. All right, let's get into the show. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs. Assassin's state of mind. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs. Assassin's state of mind. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line. Assassin's state of mind. They say money over everything. Everything. Gation the game. Shopping for a wedding ring. Salary, startups, crypto, stock exchange. Appreciate every penny. Pocket change. One phone call. All right, I am here with an entrepreneur that I've been admiring from far, not in a creepy way, for several years. Previously co-founded Reportive, and most recently is the co-founder and CEO of Superhumans, Raul Vora. Good to connect with you. Appreciate you making some time. Great, thank you for having me. So I gave you the elaborate introduction. But maybe we could just start with your background, a little bit about your background. And I'd love to just get the founding story behind Superhuman to start. Okay. So for my background, I grew up in Woods, moved to California around 12 years ago, or even 13 years ago at this point in the 2010. For my last year, Reportive took part in Y Combinator in the summer of 2010 and was a roller coaster tale of a ride, which obviously is not the subject of today's conversation, but long story short, 20 months after founding that company, I sold it to LinkedIn. And I remember driving from Mountain View to San Francisco, which as you know, it's roughly one hour drive. Back then it was even longer, one hour 15 during rush hour. And this was in the heyday of Uber and Lyft. And in that ride, I cleared my email. I checked my calendar for the next day. I finished some documents for the remaining week. I booked a dinner reservation for me and my girlfriends. I even called my mom. And so I was simultaneously a more productive employee, a more proactive boyfriend, a more present son. I was just a better human being. I realized that the magic Uber was not about transportation. It wasn't about getting A to B. The magic of Uber 
his time. And so when I was thinking about, okay, what do I want to do for my next company? I filtered every idea with the lens of time. And it turns out that there is nothing, even with Microsoft Teams and with Slack, there is nothing that professionals spend more time on today still than even. There's roughly a billion professionals in the world. And on average, we spend three hours a day just reading and writing email. So that's three billion hours every single day or a trillion hours a year. That's insane. Your essay on how startups should measure and find PM it's like bulletin board material for us in the early days. You've probably done this to death, but speak about what that framework is and has that changed or evolved in your approach as you built out Superhuman? Yeah, I should probably caveat this with the, the observation that it really is a full long framework. So however long we spend talking about it, probably won't do it justice. So I highly recommend folks go and check it out. Uh, it's called the Superhuman Cardix Market Fit Engine. But the core idea is that, and this will be news to no founder, the product market fit is the number one reason why startups succeed. And the lack of it is the number one reason why product fail and startups fail. And this sent me on a long circuitous journey where I was trying to figure out what really is product market fit in any And can you measure it? Because if you could, then maybe somehow you could optimize it. Yeah. Maybe you can systematically, even numerically increase it. And it turns out the answer to all of that is yes. You can define it, you can measure it. And what we came up with was an algorithm, a way for running a startup that actually takes that measure and will almost every time systematically increase it. And it sounds crazy. Maybe if you're listening to this and have no background in the topic, like that shouldn't work. But we applied this extremely successfully in the early days. Our product market fit score, the metric was really bad. And we just very systematically and deliberately applied this algorithm, got those numbers up, quarter after quarter after quarter, to the point where now we're still at the point where in the region of 50 to 60% of people would be very disappointed without superhuman, which yeah. is one of, as you know, one of the core metrics that, that matters. Uh, so it's a whole framework, it's a whole different way of thinking. And I think one of the most interesting parts of it is it actually also automatically writes your roadmap for you. There are certain teams which are very vision driven and it's like, you know, the founder's like, I know best, we're just going to build what I think. And that's fine. You know, sometimes that works. But what happens with those teams is often they'll find a core insight and someone else will out execute them or out repeat them with the same idea, just done better. Then you also have teams that are the exact opposite. They're like, the founder's like, well, I'm not an ideas guy. I'm just really good at operating companies. And they'll lean way too much into data. And the problem with that kind of company is an ideas guy will come along and have a spark that they don't have. What I find really interesting about the product spark fit engine is it gives you a way to really neatly balance between these two things. Shifting gears a little bit, you're an expert in all things personal and professional productivity. What does the future of your category look like? And love to hear sort of how a superhuman is looking to embrace things like AI and, and LLM to better just drive better outcomes for your customers or even your employees. Well, it's no big secret that the whole way that we work is going through the transformation because of large language models, which 
understand the nuances, how we speak, how we write, can even write like a specific person. And yeah, that is changing everything. So we recently unveiled superhuman AI. This is in the middle of being rolled out as we speak. I think we've rolled it out to some of our earliest customers to date. And and honestly, the response has been amazing. And what we've made it now possible to do is you can edit, you could research, you can summarize all of just a few keystrokes. So an example that people really love is, let's say I have to send an email to the company about promotion. That's an amazing email to have to send. Head of people is written this up. It's not quite in my voice. Maybe there are some mistakes. Maybe you want to rephrase some things, fix the spelling and the grammar. With superhuman AI, all I have to do is select the whole thing, hit the shortcut and say, rewrite in my voice. And it goes through, it fixes all the spelling mistakes, it fixes all the grammar mistakes. It even takes out the phrases that don't sound like me and puts in phrases that do sound like me. And I tell you, it's a life changer. Another example, writing emails from scratch. So there was a period a few weeks ago where we'd recently redone our website. And it was now time for me to email the company and say, hey folks, great job on this website. And it's the kind of email that I would normally agonize over for about 20 minutes. I might even have someone else write a draft just so I'm not faced with the blank page problem and I can edit it. Whereas with superhuman AI, I can just turn an idea into a fully written email. And so what I actually did was I hit the shortcut command J and I just said, congratulate the team on launching the new website. Call out Brittany on a beautiful design. Call out Laurel and Carlton, who are two of our engineers, for shipping on time. And it wrote out a full email. It knows who I am. It's able to pull in aspects of my job, in my voice, and my tone. Uh, maybe I just have to tweak a word or two, and it was ready to go. It sounds like science fiction. It feels crazy. But when you actually see it working, it is really mighty. Yeah. One giant pain point that I always had that I thought would be a really interesting Maybe feature, if you're taking feature requests here, but the intro request, I always feel like when a prospective founder is asking for an intro to a VC or to another founder, I always want to put good thought into the context by which I know both people to facilitate yeah. that connection. And I'm like, shit, it would be awesome if Superhuman could basically understand the context of how I know these two people to match them or pair them together. Because I sent so many intro emails. I always kind of go back and forth. How do you make that feel personalized versus right. automated? But I feel like that's such a, that's like, there's so many cool ways of taking your personal style and then being able to interject that and make that exchange easier. So this is a little bit further on, I guess, just more customer acquisition. Because I actually don't know much about Superhuman's ICP and sort of how you thought about building that out in the early days. So was Superhuman's more sort of reportive style? early days where you're getting bottoms of groundswell adoption or has it been more sort of traditional outreach how do you think about your core customer segment and, and how you've acquired those those customers it was very much more like reportive yeah in that comparison the icp in the early days was basically anyone for whom email was working work was email and a lot of those early users are founders let's see was for their they're leaders, they don't necessarily have to be the CEO, but they run an organization. So that really runs the gamut from senior manager all the way up to, to CEO and everything in between. And they found out about Superhuman primarily through word of mouth. You know, I think that if you peel back the story 
of any successful startup. That is actually what underpins every one of them. It's the idea that the product is good enough that people willingly, without you having to incentivize them necessarily, just voluntarily were telling their friends and their colleagues, saying, hey, I use this thing and it's awesome. And we were very lucky that we were able to do that not just once, but twice with Reportive and then with Superhuman. So that's really where it came from. What's interesting is you end up with what I call the lattice model of virality. So there is this interesting psychological phenomenon where people kind of want to be like their boss. They want to be like their manager, it's an aspirational thing, obviously. And so if you are able to get the leadership layer of an organization using your products, you'll start to filter down into the people who report into that layer. So that's, that's like a vertical. What also then happens though is horizontal virality. So take CEOs as an example. Stereotypically, there's only two things the CEOs love to talk about. Number one is like their latest financing round, or at least it used to be back when the economy was zero interest rate. And number two, it's their latest productivity hacks. People just love talking about it. It's a passion. And so Superhuman was able to ride that coattail and it would horizontally transmit between companies mm. as well as vertically within a company. So that really has been the flywheel of growth. Okay. Ben asked mm. this question of serial entrepreneurs, but what's one thing that you wish the co-founder and CEO of, of Superhuman would tell your earlier self at reporter? Yeah, I think that it's a nuance and it is no when to stop compromising on the bar for talent. And the when is the important part. I'm not gonna sit here and say, just don't compromise on talents. That is inactionable. You know, no one has that luxury. Maybe if you're Brett Taylor, you can do that. Yeah, if, but like yeah. most people will have to compromise in one way or another. And actually, Reid Hoffman has good things to say about this. He says, and I agree with this, that in almost all cases, speed wins. So having a friend do the job who might not be perfect, but because they know you and trust you and vice versa, can get up and running in a week versus wasting four months to hire that person. That's usually better. However, there is a point in the history of the company where that changes. I don't know exactly when it is. I think for us, it was probably around, they should have been immediately after I raised the Series B, right? Immediately after the Andreessen Horowitz round, amazing round, Mark Andreessen joined the board, David Ulovitz joined the board. I think that should have been a sea change moment, a pedal to the metal moment where I'm like, okay, my entire pirate philosophy now has what's it. And it has now, like we are absolutely uncompromising on the, the quality of person that we bring into the organization. But it took a year or two of mishires yeah. to figure that out. Now, I'm not saying anything unusual. This is super normal. Every, I think almost every CEO ever has made that same mistake after Andreessen Horowitz telling me, you're going to make this mistake, please don't make it. Yeah. I went ahead and made it anyway. So maybe I'm just sort of pissing in the wind, so to speak, but it is the one thing that if I could have prevented, I would have. Awesome insight. All right, well, we're coming to the end of the time. Uh, I just wanted to round it out first to say thank you for making this time. And we'd love to hear, yeah, just what's next for Superhuman and, and then anything else that you wanted to plug. Uh, well, the big thing right now is, like I said, Superhuman AI. It is kind of magical. If, if I would say if you are a superhuman user and you haven't yet got access, just DM me on Twitter. My DMs are open. Rahul Vora, not bumped to the top of that list. The other thing that's happening is after many 
years. And finally, we are now able to do this. We have our Android app nearly ready. Uh, so we'll be launching in July, which I'm tremendously excited about. Uh, it is available in beta form in the Google Play Store right now. Uh, so that's tremendously exciting. And then the final thing is superhuman fatigues. So over the course of the last year, we've been taking what was traditionally a purely single player product and making it genuinely collaborative, really multiplayer. You can now do things like see typing indicators so you know if someone else is typing on the same thread so you don't collide. You can share read statuses that are cracking across a team. So talking about hiring, let's say I email an executive candidate and I CC my head of people. They can now see when the candidate opens the email, even though I send the email and vice versa. The, the amount of intel that spreads across the organization is super powerful. It just made us way more effective at selling, at hiring, really anything, uh, even vendor management, anything that involves people outside of the organization. Uh, and then shortly to come is team snippets. So snippets are our template feature. And one of the most requested features we've ever had is the ability to share that across a team. And later on this year, you will be able to do so. Nice. Thank you again so much. This was an awesome conversation and love Superhuman and just a so much love and respect for what you've done, man. So thank you. thank you. All right. That is a wrap again. Shout out to Raul and the entire team at Superhuman. Uh, man, just been a huge fan of his since the early days of Reportive as a user of that product and just through his journey at LinkedIn and now building just an incredible offering at Superhuman. Cannot recommend that product more highly. Uh, check it out at superhuman.com and get a better email experience. Just very excited about the vision for where Superhuman AI is going to rewrite email as we know it. So this week on the podcast, we've actually got Disco's first customer joining the show. He's a serial entrepreneur and currently redefining residential real estate. You're gonna wanna check that one out. In the meantime, again, appreciate you all tuning in. Keep doing your thing, keep hustling, keep grinding, keep getting up. Dollar signs, hustle, grind. Assassin's state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs, assassin's state of mind, assassin's state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin's state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs, assassin's state of mind, assassin's state of mind, hustle. Grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line. Assassin state of mind. They say money over everything. Everything engaged in the game. Shopping for a wedding ring. Salary startups. Crypto stock exchange. Appreciate every penny. Pocket change. One phone call. 